Welcome to Vodafone XCast, the podcast where I chat to people from college societies from all across the country to help you discover new things. We are brought to you by, of course, Vodafone X, the incredible mobile plan for young people and students, which gives you unlimited data, unlimited weekend calls and loads of ways to discover yourself, including access to a huge range of free online courses. Make sure to check it all out and get signed up at VodafoneX.ie and you will also find the other really interesting Vodafone XCast episodes up there. So today's Vodafone XCast episode is the activism one and my guests are Maeve Lonergan from Foyta Refugee Society UCC, we've Brian Jordan from LGBT Society TUD and we've Orrin Wheelahan from Best Buddy Society NUIG. You're all very welcome guys, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks Ray. No worries at all. Um, I suppose we'll just kick straight into it. We'll go to Maeve. Um, can you give me a quick synopsis, Maeve, of what exactly you do in Falta Refugee Society in UCC? We have kind of three main prongs of work, I would say. So one is education, um, then there's volunteering, other social. So obviously this year has been very different to usual. Um, everything has had to t- take new form. But usually in a normal year, and hopefully next year we'll get back to it, what we do is we have kind of educational events, so panels and speakers and workshops where students and staff you see can learn more about the issues of refugees in Ireland and beyond even. And then another prong is we have volunteering activities. So this means it's quite, it's not quite unique in UCC, but there's not many societies who have this like almost third level of engagement because like most sites you have your committee member or you're a member. Um, but some sites like Falsha and like other actors and ones have this third level of volunteer. So normally is what we do is we would go and help out Cork Migrant Centre and like help mind the kids during their like mum's coffee morning or we might like organise parties with children in prison. Our most recent project has been art workshops for kids in their prison. So how we did that essentially is we worked with the Gluckson Gallery in UCC. Um, we figured out what kind of materials we might need. Um, the Glucksman and their actors in residence filmed some, what's the word, some kind of like art tutorial videos. We sent them out the videos and the supplies and the paper and everything to the kids and they made art and they posted it back to us. And now we're going to hang it up over you to see blown up. It looks really, really cool. It'll be on show from February Amazing. 2nd until sometime in March, if anyone hears this before then. <laughs> we'll be online too, I'm sure. This year, all we've been able to do volunteering-wise is fundraise for presence for depression, which was a big multi-society, multi-lecturer, multi-just general interested public event where we just fundraise. I think, oh my God, I think it was eight grand and bought the presents and packed the presents and shipped them out to people, families in our prison. And then the third level is social stuff. So normally years we would do movie nights and coffee mornings and like this social arty nights. And this year it's been kind of more in the, the kind of realm of scribble.io games and like Discord servers. But there's always, um, those are the three main things we do. Amazing, yeah. So education, volunteering and social, you kind of cover all different aspects there in a Foil to Refugee Society. Would you be able to, in your own words, like no no pressure at all to give any specific terms, but just in your own kind of experience, what exactly is uh, direct provision for anyone listening? Direct provision is a system of accommodation for refugees who've arrived in Ireland. Um, so essentially what it is, it's, it can be a mixture of things. So like it can be... Um, it can be like collaborated buildings in a big park. It can be 
kind of um, taken over B&Bs or hotels or hostels, um, basically where people live until they're granted asylum. Now, this should be, in theory, like six months, but the average is two years, I believe, and the kind of, a lot of people up to for 10 years. And basically people live as if they live in a hotel for this time. So, you know, they have to eat at a certain time, they might have limited Wi-Fi, they can't cook their own food. They're quite often in quite isolated locations, so it can be hard to get into like cities or towns to do shopping. They, there's limitations on how much they can work. Um, there's limitations on like they get money from the government every week, but it's like, I think it's 21 something, I forget the exact number. And it's just sort of a very controlled way of living for an extended period of time. And it has massive health, like mental health consequences, physical health consequences when you have things like damp or poor food. And just it's, it's, it's for this year where everything be online, like Wi-Fi is often quite bad there. Public transport is down. It was hard enough to get there from anywhere. It's really been, it's just, it's really an unsuitable system. And I think abolishing it and putting something better in place should be a ma- is and is and should keep being a massive priority of the government because it is inhumane what's going on there. Yeah, I know that's a great description of it. Thanks very much. Um, I better chat to the other guests on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Brian Jordan, uh, we'll go to you, sir. How are you first? Amazing. Thanks for asking. Uh, good stuff. So you're um, involved in the LGBT society. Can you give me just a quick summary of, of what you actually do in, in your society? What's, what's your aim or what, what, what do you get up to? Kind of, kind of like everything, I suppose. We have, I suppose, similar to uh, Maeve, we have, you know, like social aspects, but also educational and, you know, fundraising and things. So... In terms of, you know, maybe educational, like we have like dietitians come in and uh, personal trainers and all these different types of things just uh, to get people kind of a flavor of, you know, how to maybe stay healthy during lockdown, that kind of thing. And then as well as that, we've done fundraising. Like I ran like 150 kilometers in December to raise money for HIV Ireland. Oh, wow. That was really great. And don't worry, I was very slow. <laughs> and um, then as well as that, we do a lot of social events. That's like a big thing we do. I suppose that maybe other LGBT societies might be more politically based. Whereas we're very big on like, Try these creative as possible with events. So we've been doing like murder mysteries and we have this thing. We had an event last week called like niche PowerPoints. So you basically have to come up with the most obscure topic you can think of and do like a five minute presentation on it in front of everyone. So it's quite funny. It seems like you're having a lot of fun. Um, so is it like just a general overall kind of awareness you're trying to bring to LGBT community or can anyone get involved? How does it work? Yeah, so we definitely do a lot of, I suppose, advocacy work in that area. Like everything we do is, you know, always to raise awareness and increase our reach, that sort of thing. And we have, you know, advertising things on social media, but definitely like anyone can join. And I know people say like, can you really though? But like we actively encourage uh, allies to join. And allies are basically anyone who is like, you know, they might be like straight, but they're, uh, you know, very supportive of the community and things like that. So we definitely have some members like that. Brilliant, I like the allies. Um, yeah, because I was, I was just going to ask there, I was like, do you have to be one of the letters in LGBT to actually get involved? And I'm going to ask the obvious question. It has been extended now from LGBT to LGBTQI+, I think now it is. I'm always throwing more letters onto it. Yeah, yeah. so I think um, some people would just say LGBTQ or you can say LGBTQ+, and the plus just kind of refers to everything. Yeah. Or you might hear LGBTQIA, for example. 
for the listener, that's probably the next question is what do those letters actually mean? Yeah, sure. It's my specialty. Um, yeah. I, yeah, don't worry to anyone listening. Uh, I did not know most of these when I first started in college. So I'd be hypocrite to give out about people. Uh, yeah. So obviously, you know, les- L is for a lesbian. Uh, G is for gay, B is for bisexual, uh, T is for trans, and then I would be for intersex, and then A can stand for asexual or ally. It's kind of both. Oh, brilliant. And do you have events within your society that does educate people and you have people that talk all about the bringing awareness to LGBT? I mean, yeah, we definitely have events like, you know, we might have, I think one event we had is basically just discussing all of these different letters and you know, people in society who might be part of, you know, certain umbrellas, you know, would discuss their area kind of like that. And I think it's a great way to like kind of inform members as well. And then, you know, we have a lot of information on our social media to like, you know, for people who are just kind of glancing at it to have an idea. And then as well, like, you know, because we have allies, we have like um, a Discord server, which is basically just like a massive group chat. It's very great. But uh, we'd have like, you know, allies asking questions all the time, obviously respectfully. And then, you know, we'd be able to like answer those for them. And I ask questions too, like I am not a master, like there's a lot of niches in the LGBT community. Yeah, of course. I'm just going to be straight up and, and honest with you. I would, would kind of uh, be worried about offending someone if I came in not knowing enough about the area. Like there's so many different letters there. Obviously, there's so much education needed and the normal Joe bloke walking down the street probably doesn't know much about it. So you can just be anyone to join the society and come in and you will be educated and, and uh, you're a very welcoming society, are you? Yeah, I suppose the only caveat is obviously if you go in just being like, what's a gay? Like that might not go down well. So like try to be a little bit like sensitive, you know, questions and things like that. Uh, But yeah, like we definitely are very approach, you know, anyone can join. I know people always say that, but like you really can. Like we've had people who really didn't know a lot at all. And then, you know, as long as they're respectful, I'm happy to like educate people on that kind of thing. Plus Wikipedia is great. I literally looked up like LGBTQ plus earlier just to see and it was very informative. So it is, man. Yeah. And that's the the modern world we're living in. Like there's just so many different people from different walks of life, like, and everyone has to be welcoming, like, but it's also if you are um, part of the LGBT community, like you probably have to remember that people aren't as up to date and as informed as you. So it's kind of a balancing act of just uh, everyone kind of understanding each other. Um, but, But that's great. I better... Chat to Orn now. We've let you there for a while. Orn, how are you, my friend? Not so bad, Greg. How are you? Very good. Thanks for asking. So you're involved in the Best Buddy Society in NUIG. Yeah, I'm indeed. Yeah, yeah. Best yeah. Buddies. What's the overall aim of the society? Is it to, like the other two guesses, is it to educate people or to fundraise or what is it? Oh, yeah. So basically uh, what we aim to do is end the social, physical and economic isolation of people with intellectual disabilities. So how the program works is all of our NUIG student volunteers are paired in like fun, enriching friendships, one-on-one friendships with uh, an individual who has an intellectual disability uh, who's probably living in the Galway city or surrounding area. And it just gives them a chance to build a meaningful relationship and improved quality of life and level level of inclusion for um, a population that's often left out and isolated and excluded. Um, So true participation in Best Buddies young adults with intellectual disabilities are given the chance to share interests, activities, experiences that other people my age or our age would totally take for granted, like going to the cinema or meeting their friends or anything like that, like people who have an intellectual disability. An awful lot of the time, like the social circle is quite limited. So they need, and it's a shame that societies like Best Buddies have to exist to sort of force, well, it's not forced into friendships, they do come naturally, but that we have to, be there to allow it to happen. So 
say like our volunteers organize to meet up with their buddies in their own time. So like twice, three times a week, it's totally up to themselves. They can build it into their own college timetable and when their buddy is available. So, but we also host events uh, throughout the year for our volunteers uh, and our buddies. So we've like table quizzes, we've games nights, we've film screenings, discos, parties. We've an annual friendship walk that all of the volunteers and buddies, we all meet up in the NUIG campus and literally just walk through the campus and sort of spread the message of inclusion. Now this year we're thinking of going virtually with that because a lot of other chapters are doing likewise. What people most most people don't actually realize is Best Buddies is actually an international organization. A lot of the guys in in the American chapters have started doing going virtually with their friendship walk. So that's sort of the idea we're hoping to take on, maybe tune in with a few of them. Um, but hopefully the month of March will be our, our virtual friendship walk month. And definitely anyone that wants to get involved, uh, keep an eye on the Instagram. We finished off the year then with our sort of keystone event, which is our black tie ball at the end of the year, where we all get dressed up to the nines and we uh, hand out awards for the best, best new parents, we honor friendships that are going on four or five years more now. So um, it's and just a nice way to, to put a close to what's probably been a, a good year for us. So um, now, yeah, absolutely. Inclusion is a word for us and it's a great society to get involved in anyone at all. And we have a great wide range of people from courses as well. Like a lot of people say, oh, um, do you need to be like a, a medicine student or a psychology student to, to do it? And absolutely not. Like we've totally massive spectrum of students taking part in it i study applied social sciences which wouldn't really touch on it at all like so you know anyone can join up even even people who might be apprehensive about fully committing to the program about getting a buddy and all that we absolutely invite people who aren't actively participating in the program to come to our events so even like come to a quiz come to a bingo night or whatever and like meet the guys that are on the program and I guarantee you, 99% sure you'll you'll want an application form at the end of it because there, it it sort of we smash through those barriers of like what people assume it is to have an intellectual disability. So definitely, awesome. and anyone signing up. Yeah, I was going to ask you there. Do you have to be involved in like social care or or something like that to to get involved in society? But obviously not. You answered my question before I even asked it. Um, I completely agree with you. I think that's such a cool thing you're doing, get involved in the community. Question I have for you though, Orn, have you found it hard to maintain these friendships during the restrictions? Like, because obviously you can't be going over to people's houses. How is that working? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of our guys are quite innovative, very tech savvy. Um, that's one definite misconception about somebody with an intellectual disability you know they could be absolutely a tech wizard and know how to work zoom they could throw a zoom party there themselves no bother so a lot of our guys would be keeping in touch that way through zoom um the guys living in galway if the restrictions allowed could go for a socially distant walk or something along salt hill pier or something but most of our guys would stay in touch via zoom and um even like in normal times say like a lot of people ask oh, as soon as college finishes, they graduate and their buddy moves on, what happens? But the, the friendships carry on. Like there's guys who graduated three or four years now are into their 30s now and are still in touch with their buddies. Like it's not just something you do for college. You, if you could genuinely form a really good friendship out of it. So yeah, absolutely. Like we've adapted well to it so far. We do have group Zoom calls as well uh, where we all meet up together 40, 50 of us come on to one Zoom call, which can be a bit hectic at some point. Yeah. But um, 
it's a it's a nice way of, of keeping back in touch as well. Yeah. And do you think there's a misunderstanding in society about people with intellectual disabilities that like, say, for instance, um, people are worried to get involved in your society because they feel like, oh, I can't I can't communicate with them. I can't take care of them if something goes wrong. Because I knew when I, I know when I was in fourth year, there was all, all different levels of intellectual disabilities. And there were at some stages, um, the person with intellectual disability would have a very emotional like uh, fit and start crying and we wouldn't know what to do but we were obviously only 16 years old at the time so what what if I want to get involved in best buddies but I'm scared that something like that might happen and I I don't know how to how to deal with it is there that kind of issues inside your society yeah so in terms of that before so say if a volunteer signs up for us they actually go through um just a mandatory one night strain and literally like 2 hours um and it we sort of just go through what to do if something like that was to happen and definitely like um people might be reluctant to join for fear of stuff like that and i know as you were saying there like it could be down to a misunderstanding of what it means to have an intellectual disability i myself when i first joined best buddies was sort of a bit apprehensive at the start i was wondering like okay i better geez i better read up on all of this i better do the training and all this right and i was sort of apprehensive going into the very first uh, i went to a social event actually the society was holding um, a quiz and I remember going in the door didn't really know anyone it was my first event to go to and uh, one of the guys just came off and just gave me like a massive bear hug so I knew <laughs> like straight away and so that that was like okay no I'm actually this is actually I want to do this now you know yes class man Maeve why do you think your area of activism so in advocating for refugees um, is a good way to discover new things about yourself or have you even discovered new things about yourself getting involved in the society? I think definitely. I mean, there's two levels to it. Like even being a chairperson, you learn so much about yourself. Um, because, you know, constant with the stress and having to answer emails all the time and having community members come to you with like issues that you wouldn't have thought they trusted you enough for and having to like deal with speakers. There's that level of, you know, everyday chairpersonship, which I think teaches you a lot about your own capabilities and your own comfort zone to look at. But um, even in terms of just faults specifically, it really gives you kind of a framework of life in Ireland outside of your own kind of bubbles. Obviously everyone's aware that EP exists and everyone's aware that people live different lives and people have privileges and people don't privileges. But once you really, really, really start properly paying attention to these things and listening and going to events and properly reading everything you can find about it, it really gives you a framework and a perspective of your own life, everyone's life that you didn't really have before. So one thing, re- really early to start, I went to a webinar by Dr. Yvonne Joseph. She's incredible. I don't follow on Twitter. She's really good. Um, yeah. And she said that in any activism work you do, you have to think of the, the least privileged person in your society and how are you going to help them? And that really kind of opened up just, just to like the levels and the intersectionality and stuff and how, how my life is so different from, let's say, a, a black trans person in prison. And then again, how their life is so different from, you know, a person living in rural Monaghan with an intellectual disability, you know, and it really gives you a framework. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great answer. Um, so it really kind of gives you perspective of other people's lives and takes you out of your own head and your own circle and uh, really shows you what's going on in the world. Brian, have you discovered much about yourself, anything new by getting involved in the society or were you just 
um, always uh, so confident in yourself or has it helped you get more out of uh, out of your personality being involved in society? I was not confident at all like three years ago. Like if you told me I'd be doing like a podcast, I mean, first of all, on Zoom, I'd be kind of weird. But even at all, <laughs> I would be like, that's never going to happen. Uh, yeah, so when I, I actually was in Trinity for a year and I was way too afraid to get involved in any society. Like I remember seeing the LGBT stand during like Freshers Week and I just did not go up because I was like too terrified of like what that would represent and everything. And then I just changed courses and I was, you know, starting in TU Dublin and I just made it like such a goal. Like I looked at all the societies beforehand, made sure they had an LGBT society. And then like on the first day, I just made sure to go straight up, even though like, you know, I was like shaking. I was so nervous. But then it's kind of like exposure therapy. Like, you know, the more you do anything, the more you get used to it. And, you know, I went to the first event. I was terrified. But then afterwards, I felt great that I had done it. And then, you know, the more I went, the more I started, you know, is making so many great friends. Because uh, to be honest, like before I started at UW, I didn't have any gay friends at all. Um, which might, people kind of had the idea that we're all just like living in cults. But to be honest, I had no <laughs> friends. And yeah, it was a really amazing experience. And then I just noticed there wasn't many, you know, uh, events going on or anything with the society. It wasn't really that well run. So, you know, at the end of the year, I decided to go for a chairperson because I wanted to make it something that I would love to join if I was, you know, starting like the way I was at the start of the year. And yeah, I think I've definitely become a lot more extroverted anyway. Yeah, man, you, you're a great person to chat to. It doesn't, I wouldn't say you're introverted at all. I'd say you're, you're very friendly and open and ready to chat to anyone. Did you join LGBT society because you wanted to spread awareness about that community or because you just wanted to make some mates? To be honest, it was actually just because I wanted to make some friends. I feel like, you know, the right answer is to talk about how, you know, from the very get-go, I was always inspired. <laughs> but I think that's a little bit unfair. And I think a lot of people who get involved have the same kind of situation where, you know, you get involved just because you want to understand more about, you know, LGBTQ culture, you know, whether you're a part of it or whether you have friends who are. And then, you know, as you get more involved, you do start to realize some of the issues that are still around, things like that. And you do get a lot more interested in, like, trying to help out than advocacy work. And then we'll have, you know, lots of, like, more high-profile events like you know, murder mystery or like the niche PowerPoints, that kind of thing. And we also have like, even like an anonymous feedback form, just so that way there's new members who are really nervous, they can like fill it out and let us know what we're not doing right. Oh, that's unreal. That's class. Anonymous feedback. That I, I really like that one. Um, can I ask you about that murder mystery thing? That sounds like a really, really good fun. How does how does that work? Is that gone online or is that before restrictions? It was all online. You'd be amazed at the amount of things you can actually do online because a lot of societies I know this year might have gone inactive, whereas we kind of went the opposite direction. We were like, we can do more events than ever. So what you do is you like a lot of them, like websites, you can buy these packages, but they're just like adapted to online. So, you know, you send everyone their character sheets, you know, they learn their character, that sort of thing. And like, you know, encourage everyone to dress up. Again, you'd be surprised what you can do with like a shirt tied to your head or something. And yeah, then you just play out the whole thing. And like, you know, with Zoom, you can do breakout rooms. So, you know, if you want to speak privately to, you know, another character, you can just organize that. And it works really well, actually. So it was a lot of fun. That sounds like so much fun. I'd love to try something like that. <laughs> I might have to uh, suggest that to my to my rugby team. It sounds like really good fun because um, we're struggling, obviously, to have social events outside the just training. So that sounds like really good fun, man. I just want to ask you from your from your personal experience, do you feel like uh, the society needs more awareness of the LGBT community? Do you think there's any issues that needs resolving or do you think um, every, everything is much better than it was maybe a few years ago? Um, I mean, things have definitely improved since, you know, marriage referendum, that sort of thing. That was a, you know, a great groundbreaking moment. But I think people do have that kind of idea that, oh, you know, you can get married now, everything's fine. But like, there's a huge range of issues. And obviously, you know, want to inspire people, but they're definitely, you know, this is, when you hear about these um, issues that are going on, I don't want it to be discouraging. I think it's a great way to like, you know, encourage you to get involved and like try to help with these issues. But, like things like, you know, even recently, like same-sex couples still have a lot of trouble, well, you know, adopting children because of same-sex couples. Um, I know 
trans healthcare is like awful in Ireland. Like people just think, you know, if you're you know, transgender, you can just, you know, get some surgery. But like, you know, there are so many waiting lists and so much money has to be funneled in. Like you can be waiting three or four years just to get, say, hormones. And that's not even like surgery. That's just like the first step. And, you know, imagine finding out you have like, you know, high blood pressure and having to wait like four years for medication. Like that would be absurd. Oh my God. I didn't know that at all. That's So that's the kind of projects and kind of reasoning behind your uh, advocacy for the community, is it? Yeah, trans health is definitely something we would focus on, but there's so many different areas. And there's obviously, you know, a lot of people know about obviously like, you know, someone who's gay or bi, but they wouldn't know a lot about people who are trans or, you know, asexual or intersex. Like there's a lot of niches. And I, like, I'm not saying people should, like, I think that's all about education. Like it's about encouraging people to try and get involved and learn about this sort of thing. I agree with you. There, there, there needs to be more awareness and more openness and, um, and things like that. Like you just giving you a little bit of, uh, experience there of what of the issues just kind of opens up my eyes even more of, of, the, of um, the need for awareness in that area so uh, fair play to your society for, for doing those kind of things and if anyone wants to get involved definitely get, get down to TUD LGBT community because um, there's stuff going on there that that's great for the society Orn do you have anything uh, to say to any listeners right now about what they could do literally straight after this podcast to, to get involved would it be just check out the Instagram or anything like that Definitely check out the Instagram. Um, at the moment, we're not really making any uh, parents at the moment, but that will all come back in the next few months because our guys are obviously isolating at the moment. But um, the thing you can do now is definitely follow us on Instagram, even get in touch with us, and we'll hopefully invite you along to some of our virtual events that we will have planned coming up. But definitely our friendship walk, which will be going virtually in March, will be the next one to go live with. And I just say to any... Um, prospect of NUIG students or any students in NUIG at the moment um, one great thing about joining us in Best Buddies is as I was saying you are joining like an international community and you get we you get some fairly cool opportunities through it as well um, three of our guys a few years ago went to Indianapolis for the Best Buddies Leadership Conference and it's just, just like electric picnic for four days teamed around disability but um, and then like just just last year I I interned in with Best Buddies Illinois in their Chicago office so there's plenty of um, plenty of cool opportunities um, and it's it's a great cause to be involved with. Yeah that's definitely a unique selling point now a trip over to Illinois to uh, <laughs> EP like festival definitely. Um, <laughs> I have a question that could be a bit silly, but um, if I have it, someone else listening might have it as well. Do you have to be based in Galway to get involved in Best Buddies or say I'm living in Limerick or Dublin, can I get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we generally, like the college program is for NUIG students at the moment, but people that aren't actually living in Galway can absolutely get involved. We would hope to expand um, our, our program beyond the college to actually setting up citizens programs. So they're mainly an American thing where they have, uh, say, like a town, any town. So it's like I'm from Port Arlington. So say if we set up a Best Buddies chapter in Port Arlington and ordinary citizens could um, join the chapter. So we are hoping to expand, hopefully in the future, we'll get a few citizens chapters going. And we'd love even to have like a fully operational Best Buddies Ireland, like there's there's a Best Buddies USA. So we'd love a Best Buddies Ireland that could have a head office and that could offer these, uh, could offer employment opportunities, independent living arrangements, friendship programs, leadership development to all, to everyone that wants, wants it with an intellectual disability across the country and not just guys that are fortunate enough to live near us in Galway. So 
that would be that would be the ambition obviously hopefully in the future to have something operational like that yeah definitely that that should be the long-term goal to have an all, overall best buddies ireland which i'd say um is doable once restrictions lift but you're doing great stuff there man fair play to you um mave can i ask you do you think there's anything people don't realize about um foil to refugees or just refugees in general I think people don't realize quite how dire depression can be. Um, like you hear that, oh, it's bad. Oh, they, you know, it's bad. They have stayed for ages. But people have stayed there for up to 10 years of their life. Mealtimes are set. The internet is terrible. People can be confined into one room. Um, it's, I think, I just think the extent to which this is horrifying this isn't really understood too much like one person I, I spoke to said that um people who live in Ireland you know in their own houses in Ireland they're experiencing now with Covid almost like what we experience every day in Dirk Bridgen it's the same isolation and the same kind of crowded and stuck at home and don't know when it's going to end it's exactly what these people have gone through for years and people have been there for 10 years and I think just everyone knows it's bad but I don't think that everyone realizes quite bad it is. It's really dehumanizing. I I just it's something which definitely I talk about it, I still get taken aback by the shock of it in a way. Um, because you look because you know all these facts and you read all these facts, but when, when you start talking about it and put it all together, you're like, oh my god, it's 2021 and this is still going on. No, I completely agree with you. People don't understand, and it's just like, yeah, it's an us and them thing. Do you um speak with and meet with refugees personally and talk about their situations or how does that work? Yeah, I would to as much as I can. It's I do think that's the most important thing you can do as a chair in any activism society is you have to listen to the people that you're representing, especially if, like myself, you aren't from that community. Um, it's all about genuinely just becoming a megaphone yeah. and you can't do that without talking to people i'm glad because it's the only way you can actually really get anything done is by understanding understanding their situation yeah brian i just want to ask you do you think there's anything that people may not realize about your area of activism yeah just in general do you have anything personal personal experience or just as a society people don't realize about your area uh, yeah i suppose maybe just the fact that you know uh, it's a lot of issues that are still ongoing so, you know, from casual homophobia, like I remember I actually worked at McDonald's and uh, you would definitely get a lot of slurs and things like that. So you'd be surprised as well, you know, just in relation to trans healthcare, that's a huge area that's kind of ongoing that I feel like a lot of people aren't really aware of. And again, like I say, I say that to myself as well. Like when I first started at college, I had no idea how difficult it was to undergo transition. I feel like people kind of gloss over it in social media, but the reality is you could be waiting years in waiting lists and to be spending huge amounts of money and like that's assuming you're successful you could have certain medical professionals who just don't believe you and like horrendous things so i think it's definitely uh, definitely some areas in lgbtq that you know you can definitely advocate for and keep educating yourself on amazing man yeah awful to hear about your experience there and say you were working in mcdonald's and that was happening yeah so i worked in mcdonald's on o'connell street for three years so lovely area (laughs) but yeah no trust me it was a great place to work in some aspects but definitely some customers would be very uh, prone to just, you know, be very impolite or, you know, might even, well, they might just literally throw homophobic slurs at me, for example. 
But I remember one guy actually threw a Luca Day bottle at me. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I'm absolutely, I don't even want to say about that, man. That is just outrageous. It's obviously nothing to McDonald's in general. In specifically, this is more of a general uh, issue that just where people just need to educate themselves. Like, and just, um, oh my God, I'm actually baffled by that. Um, the, but the best way probably for someone to, to start educating themselves is just be more proactive and don't be afraid to speak to people and, and uh, ask questions because everyone needs to learn something. Brian, I'm going to ask you... Um, if someone listening just has a general want to help the world and see change in the world, but they don't have a specific area of activism they want to get involved in, would you have any top tip for them for just getting involved or helping the world in some way? Yeah, so I definitely think if you're not really sure what you want to get involved in in terms of activism, you know, a lot of societies or, you know, colleges will have, you know, society showcases or, you know, Freshers Week and things like that. So if you go along and just like look at all the different societies, people will well, I know I'll definitely harass you into coming over and listening to me. So you should definitely come along to those and you'll get a lot of information about what different societies do. And you might like have had no interest in certain areas. And then, you know, when you hear someone talking about it, you might be like, oh, actually, that's something I could do. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend that anyway. Yeah, definitely. Because there's 100% people out there that just want to do something and want to get involved in something, but they don't know what it is. So getting along to one of those days is probably the best way to do it and meet someone like Brian who will talk you into it. <laughs> um, Oren, Something you've never tried but would love to? Oh, um, actually, well, I haven't listened to one of the earlier episodes of Vodafone XCast. I was actually thinking of it from listening to the business episode about I'd love to get involved in like stock trading and stuff like that. So, just listening to that, just listening to that episode, I was like, oh, serious money to be made there. I know, but it, <laughs> with the whole game stopping and everything. So, definitely, I think like I'm going to start uh, doing a bit of research on stock trading. <laughs> yeah that Vodafone Xcast business one is definitely an interesting one if you haven't listened to it definitely go back and, and have a listen to it um, I have a quick fire question for you Maeve if money was no object at all what would be your dream career? I think I'd have lots of part careers I'd probably love a job helping people in some manner or another um, so I'm a government student so I kind of came at it with that social idea of it so maybe I'd work for an NGO or for maybe the UN or something like that and help people ordinary underground ways. But I'd also have side gigs as a photographer and a writer because those are like my two kind of other things that got going on for me. So yeah, I do, I'd find some way of either having underground or I would somehow integrate writing and photography into helping people. So that's it really. It's quite a boring answer I suppose it's not like oh I would go be a cocktail taster but um, <laughs> that's that's it that's it really <laughs> no it's a great answer it just shows how good you are as a person that you're any job you could have in the world any career and you want to help people so um, it's kind of evident why you are in the position you are at the moment in the society uh, we need more people like you in the world Maeve I don't know if any of you can answer this question for me obviously there's no events happening at the moment in person so are these like society days happening online or do you know what's happening in your own colleges Brian will ask you first yeah, so we actually had like an online version. Obviously, it's a very different situation. But then as well as that, you know, we've definitely been giving more funding funding to do like, you know, online advertising. So for example, certain events that we host, we might just sponsor a post on Instagram. And you'd be surprised about the people who reach us. Like I've had people, I've been speaking to people who aren't even in colleges and things. And they're like, why do I keep seeing your college posts? So I definitely think if anyone's interested in LGBT, for example, they'll definitely have seen our post by now in TU Dublin. So I think it's just about trying to reach people in as many forums as possible like that. Yeah, of course. And Orn, are you, are you doing anything in NUIG for societies in general? Or how could someone find out about Best Buddies? Um, like, 
or not even best buddies if they just want to get involved in some other sort of society and, and help the world, what do you think they should do? Yeah, so NUSG actually have had two uh, virtual open days so far this year for societies so that people can literally pop around, click on a link for each society and hop into a Zoom room with someone from that society and just find out more about it, which is actually a really cool way. It worked quite well. And, um, you know, we were able to onboard a few new members at the start of the year through doing that. So um, I think in fairness that it actually worked quite well. It's, it's a good way of adapting to the way things are at the moment. Anyway, um, obviously we don't have the massive packed halls where you can, each society can have a stand and you can go up and talk to someone. So um, yeah, hopefully I'd say NUIG will probably have another one of those before the end of the year and the advice definitely would be to anyone is to do your research i suppose on the societies pick out the ones that you think you'd be interested in and just make a note of it like i want to i want to visit that society rather than just going in fresh on the day um walking around trying to find something um all the list is on nuig's website so it'd be worth be worth reading up on it as well or and i'll ask you the best piece of advice you've ever been given um, best piece of advice I suppose would be um, to listen more to people especially those you probably mightn't agree with the whole all of the time um, not to just sort of shut out voices that you don't agree with um, I think that's so important now and it, it certainly has helped us along the way as well by taking on board opinions of everyone like you know um, it can be like you can just go on Twitter or anywhere now and see like people who've never met each other having absolute brawls with each other. And I think it's just not helpful. You know, if you want to genuinely change, change things like, and are genuinely into activism and bringing positive, bringing about positive change, you have to bring everyone with you. Um, that was, that's definitely a core message. You can't leave people out. So you have to have these dialogues. You have to talk to people and you have to listen to them, even when you don't agree with them and take on board their opinions. So that's yeah. definitely the best advice I've ever got. That's a very mature outlook on life, man. And more people need to do that and just kind of realize that obviously some people are going through their own stuff in life, but everyone's going through something really. So you kind of have to just be uh, um, empathetic towards that and, and listen and kind of understand. Maeve, obviously if you're in UCC, you can get involved in Foyle the Refugee Society or if you've a similar society in your university or college, get involved with them. But what about the person listening that doesn't have that society or maybe not be in univer being in university or college? How can they um, get involved in advocating for refugees? Yeah, the first thing to do is educate yourself. So um, so right now what you can do is you can follow Masai, M-A-S-I on Twitter. You can follow academics and like activists such as Bulani Mafkako and Yvonne Joseph. Just keep an eye out. These are kind of ways you can get started. Look at, begin to look at yourself as someone who's been socialized to be racist, which sounds, it's an awful thing to say and it sounds awful when you hear it, but all of us have been and you're not going to do anyone too much good until you've adjusted to the fact that you have racist beliefs that have been given to you. So for that, you can, you know, there's a lot of books that you can read. Um, Instagram accounts, I'd recommend No White Saviors on Instagram. They're great for kind of helping you figure out your own biases. Um, keep an eye out on these accounts that you follow, especially Irish-based ones for um, actions and movements. Read the news, email your TDs, email your senators, help out whatever, whatever way you can. And remember that your main job here should be to act as a megaphone for people who need you to be. 
So even if that means retreating things and sharing things and signing petitions and writing to TVs, right now in the in the world we have it, this is the best thing you can do because of coronavirus. Um, keep an eye out for for DP donation um, actions or acts in your area, which is really about everything is so localistic with these things. So it's really about keeping an eye on what's going on in your city or in your county. And when things get better, you, um, there are often um, volunteering programs you do with residents. So I know in Cork, we have Cork Magna Centre where you can go and help out. Um, other towns, there are kind of partnership things. I think Clonacilty has one, places like this. So just keep an eye out for what's going on in your town, in your city and online. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Follow all those pages and uh, look at all those news outlets that Maeve mentioned and probably don't think of the overall big pictures. It's stuck in locally and look for any events or anything you can do um, individually to, to help out. And that's a that's what you can do to help advocate for, for refugees. Um, Brian, I just want to ask you, if someone wants to help advocate for LGBT, but their university or college doesn't have a society um, or they're not in university or college, how can they help um, to advocate for the community and just be a better ally? I mean, there's a lot of great places uh, you can get involved. Like, first of all, if your university doesn't have a society, why not set one up? There's always opportunities to do that as well. You know, if you're not, say, in college at the moment, there's, you know, a lot of um, places you can get involved. For example, you know, say for LGBT and real love sports, I think that's actually the first Irish thing with the GAA team that's like, you know, LGBT centric just started. So I think that's quite a cool concept. I'm terrible at sports, but I'm sure someone else would love that. And then, yeah, there's a lot of like charities and things that, you know, you can advocate for. You can volunteer in places like HIV Ireland, things like that. And honestly, if you do a quick Google search, you'd be astounded by the amount of places available. And in terms of just your own daily living as an ally, um, yeah, I suppose just always try to be as supportive as possible. And, you know, if you hear something that maybe sounds a little bit niche or you haven't heard it before, instead of kind of, you know, rolling your eyes, just maybe consider like that is another human being. And, you know, they probably haven't had the same experience you have. So just to try to be as understanding as possible and also never be afraid to ask questions because... Um, I love to teach people. So, Classman, yeah, that's a, that's an amazing answer. Thanks very much for that. And Orm, what can someone do to help build awareness for intellectual disabilities if they um, don't have the ability to get involved in Best Body Society in NUIG? Yeah, so um, I suppose the best thing was to just become an advocate in its own right and uh, like what Maeve was saying, to educate yourself, I suppose, on things related to it. But I know there's plenty of... Um, there's plenty of uh, disability charities around Ireland. There's there's great social entrepreneurs in Ireland who are tackling this area. So I'd say most most people, wherever you are, there's definitely something, there's probably a group of something near you who probably meet as a social group and now and again, who raise funds and raise awareness. So definitely check the localities, I'd say check your counties. There's more than likely something going on in your areas and hopefully if, if Best Buddies expands in years to come you can hop on board with Best Buddies but for the moment um, definitely there's, there, there should be a few organisations near you that you can actively get involved with. Amazing. Thanks very much man. We touched on a lot of areas of activism today and I've definitely taken a lot from it and learned so much. I hope everyone listening has as well. Okay so guys uh, will you give us your Instagram handles just so people know where to go and how to get involved when they get off this podcast please? May 1st. Yeah, of course. So on Instagram, we are UCC Fault Refugee Society. On Twitter, we are Fault UCC. On Facebook and LinkedIn, we're just UCC Fault Refugee Society. And Fault, for those of you who can't spell it, is F-A-I-L-T-E. It means welcome in Irish. 
Amazing. Thanks very much. And um, Brian, uh, where can people reach the LGBT society? Sure. So I mean, uh, social media is Instagram. It's uh, TUD underscore LGBTQ. That's all. Lovely stuff. Thank you, sir. And Oren, um, how would people find Best Buddies online? All the handles and all that, please. Yeah. So our Instagram is at Best Buddies NUIG and our Facebook is Best Buddies NUI Galway. And actually, I'd encourage people maybe to look at the bestbuddiesinternational.com website as well. So it's bestbuddiesinternational.com. That's where you'd sort of get a, a more broader insight into the work of Best Buddies in general. Brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah. So anyone listening, uh, after you get off this podcast, look up those societies and, and get involved and make the world a better place, please. If you want to discover even more new things, check out all the wide range of free online courses on votefunx.ie. You can also catch all the other Vodafone Xcast episodes up there, like the performing one, the filmmaking one, the tech one, and the business one. And trust me, there are plenty more episodes to come. And of course, a massive thank you to Vodafone X for making all of this happen. And of course, an even bigger thank you to my three lovely guests for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks a million, Greg. Cheers. And thank you at home for listening. I'll catch you next time. But until then, keep well and stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.